I'm guessing something magnetized you to click play on this episode today. There's something that you know you need to hear and receive surrounding self-doubt, old beliefs, and the patterns that you bring into your everyday life. Today's episode with my dear friend Leandra Rose is a really, really special one as she grants all of us permission to look within, trace back the beliefs and patterns that we have, and maybe leap before the net appears. Welcome to the Cyclical Health Podcast with me, your host, Cassandra Wilder, a naturopathic doctor and the leading expert in women's cyclical health. Let's get started. Welcome back, beautiful friends, to the podcast. I have such a lovely little treat for you today as I've brought on a dear friend of mine, and I just have a feeling this conversation is going to be juicy and enlightening and really purposeful, uh, and also give everyone a really beautiful invitation to look within and live from the heart and show up in purpose in all things in life. My special guest on the podcast today is Leandra Rose, and if you haven't met her, she is a women's transformational coach a speaker and author, and also the founder of The Radiant Rebellion. She helps visionary women break free from self-doubt and fear so that they can live the life of their dreams. With her extensive background in psychology, energetics, and mindset, Leandra holds an exquisite space that allows her clients to have profound breakthroughs in life, in health, heart, and purpose. So without further ado, welcome Leandra to the podcast. How are you doing? Hi, Cassandra. I am amazing and so excited to be here with you having this conversation. Um, Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure. And I actually just realized, I think it was two years ago that we met, right? Like two years. I think it was. And so much has happened in those two (laughs) years in our lives. Um, But yes, it was about two years ago. Yeah, so funny. I love LA for the fact that there's like little hubs like Erewhon and Cafe Gratitude and these places where it seems like there's so much connection and you just always meet the coolest people. And that's where we met. I was at Cafe Gratitude. We started talking and I was like, who is this person? We were so similar in a lot of ways. We both were leading a lot of retreats at the time and it was just incredible. Like I love those little synchronicities. Yeah, I I loved it too. And I don't know if you remember, but we had obviously just met and we're sitting there talking and the uh, person behind the bar, because we were sitting at the bar at Cafe Gratitude and the person behind the counter was uh, like, do you, are you guys best friends? And we're like, no, actually we literally just met. (laughs) But we had the vibes. (laughs) We definitely did. It was super fun. It was way fun. Oh, and it's so, yeah, it's special to see how you have blossomed even more. And um, I remember at the time when we were talking at Cafe Gratitude, you were sharing that you had previously been working as a teacher and that you were telling me about how many hours you were working and how you poured your heart and soul into this, but you wanted something different in your life. And obviously now when I look at you, I see such an embodied, grounded powerhouse of a woman. I would love to hear about that journey and also how you especially took that big leap from probably a life that was comfortable in some ways and really went into the unknown. Oh, yes. This is this is my jam right here. And this is exactly what I help women through because I was one of those women who had so much vision for the world. I knew since a young age that I was here to 
make a big difference in the world. Um, I wanted to change the world through teaching at the time when I was, you know, young and I was really good in school. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to go and be an early childhood educator and teach kids how to be the best versions of themselves mm-hmm. and not let the system get to them so that they can actually uh, thrive in who they're meant to truly be. One of the gifts that I have is being able to see people's pure potential. Uh, and so I did a lot of studying on human potential and I brought all of that into my classroom as a kindergarten teacher. Little did I know that my journey as an early childhood educator was actually less about me teaching kids and more about them teaching me about who we are when we come into this world. And what I've come to discover through the my little teachers over those 15 years <laughs> of working with little ones is that we each truly do have a unique genius and that we each truly do have the keys and the codes to solving the problems that we see in the world. Um, but we pick up these stories about ourselves through school, through Uh, media, through our families of origin, we pick up these stories that are not true about who we are. And, um, you know, we pick up stories like we should be smaller, quieter, less excitable. We should follow the rules and sit down and, and listen to the adults and follow authority and follow, you know, this A to Z path. And that's how we succeed. Um, and I, I've realized that that's not true. There isn't an A to Z path and that each unique individual actually has a special path um, Mm -hmm. for themselves. And so how that played out for me was I did the the A to Z. I did, you know, a great job in school. I got good grades so that I could get scholarships and go to college because I grew up in a family that didn't have money and nobody in my family had gone away to college. Uh, so I got the grades, got the scholarship, went to school, did good, got my career in education. And yes, in a lot of ways that was comfortable, but there was something more for me. I could feel this desire to, to lead in bigger ways and inside of an institution like a school and or corporations, as many of my my clients work inside of, uh, it's not so easy to to shine and thrive as as a leader because there's a hierarchy, and um, a lot of times ideas that are outside of the box are not totally welcomed, at least not in any kind of timely manner. Things take time in institutions to change, and that just was so uncomfortable for me. Um, because I did have big ideas for how to help these children and their parents. I was also teaching meditation and conscious parenting to to the community there and and to parents as well. Um, So where that led me was this place that I know a lot of women get to and women who, who have big visions. And so it's like the way it feels is like this thing just wants to burst out of your chest. Like I have to share my voice. I have to share these things. And um, 
So I started studying, I was studying the healing arts, both for personal reasons and because I knew that I wanted to um, be a change maker and a, and a leader and, and bring healing to adults as well as children. And things started getting really uncomfortable in my job as a teacher, really uncomfortable. I got a new boss who did not appreciate the alternative ways that I um, taught in, in my classroom and some of the other things I was doing. And one day she took me into the, her office and told me all the reasons I wasn't a good teacher, which I knew in my heart were not true. I was definitely a good teacher. So it was upsetting. And then I left her office feeling really upset. And by the time I got out to my car, I realized she was doing me a huge favor. She was mm. actually showing me that I wasn't meant to be there anymore, that I wasn't no longer a match. And I wasn't ready at that moment to build my, my business. I didn't know anything about building a business. I had just started learning how to run uh, workshops like on the side as a hobby. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember turning back towards the school and literally I took a bow and I said, thank you for showing <laughs> me where I don't belong and I'm not going to come back here. And so from that moment, I decided that I wasn't going to uh, return to school the following year. And it was that was the leap. And that was a, a terrifying leap because I didn't have a safety net. And that's, um, you know, what a lot of women that I work with, they want that, that safety net where who's going to guarantee me that I'm going to have the income, the health insurance, all the security that I have in my current job in order to take this leap. And I, I wasn't able in for myself and as well as when I see other women, we aren't able to get the, the next steps until we're ready to fully go all in on our dreams. Uh, and in that moment, I was ready to go all in. I went all in and the rest is uh, history. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing story. And it's, it really speaks volumes of how self-aware you were at the time that instead of, you know, staying angry or being all upsets or like this person's the worst or whatever like you had the introspection in that moment to see the gift of it yeah incredible yeah wow <laughs> see I feel like I don't remember this part of the story <laughs> when we first met so this is yeah I have chills hearing that mm. and I, I like that you talked about that people seek the the safety or the, I'm kind of like putting air quotations around safety because it is all an illusion, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like the money will make me safe or the health insurance will make me safe or whatever X will make me safe. Mm -hmm. How did you, yeah, I guess, how did you continue to have the faith in that moment that no matter what happens, even though now that financial income especially is gone, that everything was going to be okay? Mm. I saw in that moment, I saw the two different paths that I could take. One was 
what you described, like being angry. I literally, as I was walking to my car that day after leaving my boss's office, I was envisioning the possibilities. One is be angry at her, go to HR and prove my case and show Mm -hmm. like, I'm actually, this is how I'm a good teacher. And these are all the ways that she's wrong. And I could, I could totally do that and keep my job there. And I felt into that possibility or that timeline. And then I felt into this other possibility, which felt like, Mm. I didn't know a lot about this other possibility because there weren't any details in it. How am I going to make the money? Where are the clients going to come from? Um, You know, all of those things. I had no idea. But when I felt into leaving school at that, at that time and um, creating my own, my own soul centered business, it felt right in my body, there was this expansiveness. There was this peace about it, even though it was totally wide open and there were so many unknowns in my body. That's what felt good. And when I felt into the other possibility, there was so much constriction and there was a fight. And I was like, I don't need to fight to stay somewhere where I'm no longer a match. And in my experience with women too, that's Uh, helping them find that embodied knowing is the key. So I do a lot of embodiment work with my clients um, and in my programs to help women to tap into the wisdom inside of their body, which is where our intuition comes from and that, that gut knowing rather than from the head, because from my head, I didn't have a business plan. So logically it made no sense for me to leave teaching at that time. Mm -hmm. Logically, it truly didn't. Um, But in my body, I knew, and I'm so grateful that I had the courage to follow my body's knowing in that moment and not stay another year fighting for a job that wasn't meant for me anymore. Yes. Yes. It reminds me when they say leap in the net will appear. Like when you're Mm -hmm. on that proverbial cliff, you're like, if I jump, it's like really going to be bad. But when you trust, then the safety appears. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so today in your work, largely you help women release their inner blocks and their negative beliefs. And it sounds like you do a lot just around patterns, like the the things we white knuckle as our beliefs that maybe don't really serve us. So if someone is listening to this and like, oh my gosh, I'm exactly at that point where she was all those years ago, where does someone start, especially in these beliefs and fears that can be so deep rooted? Mm, Such a good question. Start with following what you're feeling right now as you hear this conversation or conversations like this, or you read books And you start to get this sense of like, oh, maybe it is possible for me to have the life that I dream of. Maybe it is possible for me to change my beliefs about myself. Like there's this this little seed of knowing or curiosity that opens up when when you start to hear these kinds of conversations. Follow that seed, follow that thread and know that it is absolutely possible to break free from your limiting beliefs and the stories. Um, 
I'm actually going to share a really quick uh, little exercise that I take people through that can help you see how your thoughts are creating your reality. So I'll take you through it. Yeah, I'll take you through it, Cassandra, and um, other people who are listening. Just follow along. It's super simple. So I just invite you to close your eyes and just start to, to land in your, in your body, feel your body sitting on the chair or your feet on the floor, just so you can get a felt sense of where you are in this moment, dropping any other things that you're doing, just being in your body. And then I want you to envision that you have a juicy slice of tart lemon in your hand. And I want you to envision bringing that lemon up to your nose and smelling its scent. And then I want you to envision tasting that lemon, squeezing that tart lemony juice into your mouth, tasting it, and noticing what's happening right now in your body as you envision tasting this lemon. So Cassandra, I'm curious for you, what do you notice? (laughs) Salivating. (laughs) And yeah, my mouth is, yeah, it's funny. As soon as you even said the word, I was like, Mm -hmm. ooh, you could just, yeah, taste that tart, delicious, yeah, lemon. And then when you think about putting it in your mouth, yeah, like my body responded as though it was already there. Yes, exactly. Your body responded as though it was already there. And you know, you didn't actually have a lemon. We're just having a conversation here. (laughs) But your body responds to your thoughts. Your body is literally responding to your thoughts just like it did with that lemon right now, with that imaginary lemon. So imagine you're telling yourself, I'll never make money doing what I love. It's not for me. I'm too small, I'm too shy, I'm too this, I'm too that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, then you're preparing your body for a certain reality that you will create because that's what your body is prepared for. Wow. Now imagine, exactly. Now imagine telling your body, I am capable. I, I am a miracle of life. I am a human being. I am among the most complex beings that we know of in the entire solar system, possibly the universe, you know, some of us (laughs) might have a bigger imagination, but as far as we know, we are the most intelligent complex beings in the known solar system, in the known universe, as far as we know, right? What have you told yourself that story every day? I am a freaking miracle of life. (laughs) I am full of infinite potential. I deserve to have what I want. I deserve to create the life of my dreams. Every ingredient to create the life of my dreams is right here on this planet. How do I put those together? Let me go in that direction, right? You tell yourself those stories, even as I say it, I'm like, oh yeah, my heart is opening. (laughs) Do you notice that? Like the difference when you just, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So start telling yourself new stories about who and what you are um, is a great start. And then the other piece is having excellent mentors. 
I would, and I imagine you too, Cassandra, I wouldn't be where I am without amazing mentors that have helped me see my blind spots, that have helped me own the miraculous creator that I am when my childhood traumas got in the way, when my old stories about growing up poor and in an uneducated, you know, family and culture, right? If I didn't have people to help me see beyond those stories, I might still be stuck Mm -hmm. in them. Yes. Yes. I completely agree with that. Though I wish you probably feel the same way. I wish I would have known that long ago. Like it took me a long time to actually get support. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a huge one for women. I think especially women like us where, um, you know, we learn how to be successful in life. We learn how to do things on our own. Um, I know that was, that was the case for me. I got really good at school. I got really good at being independent. It's what helped me, you know, uh, leave the, the, culture that I was in here and I'm, I'm visiting here now. That's why I say here in Roswell, New Mexico, where there weren't a lot of opportunities. There wasn't um, university here. So I had to break free from this in order to, to do that. And all that independence that I had served me. And then it had its limits when it was time to go to the next level in my evolution. And especially as a uh, entrepreneur and as a leader, I needed mentorship to help me break through to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yes, it really expedites the whole journey. But I, I don't know. Do you feel like a lot of us are like, oh, I can do it on my own. <laughs> like, I'll figure it out. So much. Oh, my gosh. And I've been there, too. Like, so, you know, I hired my first coaches when I took that leap from um, teaching to entrepreneurship. I hired my first coaches. I think that first year I had three, three mentors that I worked with. I dumped all of my savings into, into mentorship. And I was like, yes, this is it. This mentorship, like they, you know, they quantum leaped me for sure. I had so many skills to learn, so many limiting beliefs to overcome. And so I had, you know, all these mentors helping me with the various things. And then I was like, okay, I got it. My second year, I'm like, okay, I've got all the pieces in place. I can do it by myself. And I did really great, but I almost burnt myself out by the end of my second year of entrepreneurship because I was trying to do it all by myself. Literally, oh my gosh, I remember being in my house alone. I was single at the time. That's another story. When I left teaching, I also left a five-year relationship, which was a whole other piece. So my whole life changed. Um, So my second year of entrepreneurship, I'm sitting in my apartment in the Palisades and totally alone, literally everything was on my shoulders. Every piece of my business, every piece of my life, every appointment that needed to be made, every, uh, you know, form that needed to be sent out to clients, every bit of my website, I was doing it all by myself because I had this belief that I had to figure it out all on my own and that I needed to be good at all these pieces. So my next big breakthrough came in hiring, hiring team and receiving support for different parts of my business. And now I have a team of four um, and things are so much easier. It's so much easier to expand and to create 
when you have the right kind of support. And I also now refuse to go without having mentorship um, because it doesn't work. Because Mm -hmm. there are always, as you're growing and evolving, and I think especially as leaders, because as leaders, we are at the leading edge. We are out there um, on the frontier creating new paths. And so we're constantly in this, in a phase of growth and evolution. And we're going to constantly be coming up against limiting beliefs or stories and having that mentor there who can just help you, you know, click right past it instead of wallowing in it or getting stuck in it uh, is worth its weight in gold. I mean, it is just beyond um, anything you can do by yourself. Yes, exactly. You just described the entrepreneur journey really well (laughs) from the like, I can do this and we do everything. And then we're like, whoa, this actually is not fun. And I'm working harder than I ever was before. And, and yeah, that evolution of getting help and also receiving support from other people and Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I feel like we all learn this the hard way, you know, where we have to go through the seasons on our own to see the value in it. Yes, and hopefully those who are listening can have really short, hard seasons <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after hearing us. True. <laughs> when, when it starts to get hard doing it on your own, don't keep going. Mm. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good it reminder. It doesn't have to be hard. In fact, I was just talking to one of my mentors um, just last week because I had my biggest month ever in sales in January. Um, and it was also the easiest month in sales. I mean, I wouldn't even call it sales. It was just like these effortless, effortless conversations with incredible women who are ready to receive support from me and through my programs. Um, and I was saying to my mentor, wow, like a couple years ago, I was struggling to make $6,000 a month. And I was mm-hmm. having all the sales calls and all the hard work and building all the things all by myself. And it was like so intense. It was such a drag. And now here I am in January, 2021, um, just coming off of, by the way, I know, you know, a little bit about my story, but just, um, for those listening, I had this interesting series of events and synchronicities that kind of took me off grid for, uh, about two months, November and December, I was really off grid in Sedona, following the synchronicities, following my uh, my excitement and that gut knowing again that it wasn't time for me to launch my next program. It wasn't time for me to to push my content. It was time for me to go inward. And I did that for, for a couple of months there at the end of the year, came out of that. And then January pretty much effortlessly became my biggest month in sales ever so far. Mm. (laughs) And it was, it was easy. Yeah. There's so much I want to say about all that, but yes, that's like the best way I can summarize it is yes. By taking care of yourself, by living in alignment with yourself, you know, like the, the strategy side of like, well, if you're not posting, people will forget about you or I don't know, whatever. Again, all those interesting beliefs we can have about building a business or being an entrepreneur, you broke all the quote rules and yet Mm -hmm. came out of it more aligned and prosperous than ever. 
Exactly. Exactly. And this is so much of what, what I teach the women that I work with is blending that, that strategy because there are some really important business strategies and structures that need to be in place to have a successful soul aligned business. And you also have to be so in tune with yourself. And I know that you, you are an expert in this too, Cassandra, so in tune with yourself and your own cycles and your own seasons and trusting those seasons of rest, trusting those seasons of slowness, trusting those seasons of going inward to replenish and to renew so that you can bring the fullness of who you are into the next chapter, into the next season and come out in, in the spring, just blossoming with, with effortlessness and grace and radiance. Yes. And there's that word radiance. I was going to ask you what made you select that as the name of what you do, the radiant rebellion? Oh, hmm. Radiance is what I see in people. It's it's that inner genius, that inner spark that literally everybody has, but it's that part that is often buried by the stories and the limiting beliefs. And I know for sure, and I see it literally in every single person that I meet, there is a spark of radiance inside of each one of us. It's that um, life force energy that's here and that we can activate and harness and bring forward even more through uh, different practices, through honoring it, through nourishing it. Um, so yeah, so the Radiant Rebellion was actually born. You want me to tell you the story of the Radiant Rebellion? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Um, the Radiant Rebellion. Wow. So after that second year of entrepreneurship where I was about to burn out, trying to do it all by myself, I, uh, at the end of that year, had a business plan for the, for the following year, which would have been... Um, last year, 2020, um, a business plan that included all these retreats and um, all these live experiences. And, and um, it was a really robust, robust plan that I was just going to go in and I was going to do all this. Well, in January of 2020, I experienced something really painful. And I don't know if anybody else here has, but I experienced shingles at I'm, I'm a healthy young person and here I am with debilitating shingles. It is so incredibly painful and it was also confusing, like what's happening? I am, you know, I'm so healthy and all these things. Well, I was healthy, but I was also burning the candle at both ends, not totally realizing it. Um, so everything stopped. I got shingles. I had to take care of myself. I was in a lot of pain. So everything stopped. And at the same time, for different reasons, all these other events that I had planned started falling apart. Teams that I was working with on, on retreats, um, people were just dropping out for different reasons. All these different reasons, things were falling apart. And I started to get really scared. Like, oh my gosh, what does this mean? If I don't have all these retreats and events scheduled and things are falling apart, how am I going to make money, what's happening, this is my business plan. And um, 
one day with my shingles, I was in pain, laying in bed, and I just had to surrender. I was in tears. I was just like praying to God. I was like, okay, if you don't want me to move forward doing this kind of work, show me where you want me. Do you want me to go back to teaching in a classroom? Is that what you want? Do you want me to be a farmer or a gardener or what is it? Do you want me to go, you know, work behind a, a desk? What is it that you want from me? Because I thought I knew what I wanted. I thought I was following my excitement. I created this whole plan and now everything's falling apart. And I know that when things are falling apart, it means I need to look at myself and am I in alignment? So I'm like, okay, higher self, God guides, let's figure this out because I don't, I'm not going to hit my head against the wall trying to make this work when it's obviously not working. And this was in January of 2020. Um, and I just, I surrendered. I let it all go fully not knowing what's going to come out of this. I had dropped all the events I was doing. I had really um, limited my, my clients. I was working with just a few one-on-one clients at the time. And all of a sudden, one day in meditation, it just hit me, the radiant rebellion. Um, the radiant rebellion is the surrender to our radiance. It's the surrender to what actually wants to move through without force and without rigidity, but actually allowing ourselves to follow that, that inner spark um, moment to moment. See, I was, I thought I was doing it, but I followed a spark and then created this whole plan without fully listening to how things were shifting and changing because intuitively what was also happening, this is so wild. What was also happening at that time is I kept having these dreams, literal at night dreams that I was leading my workshops online. And Mm. I was like, well, that's a weird dream. My workshops don't work online. They're in-person workshops. I'm an in-person teacher. Um, And yes, I was sharing things on social media, but my work was in-person work. And I know you relate to this too. You were doing a lot of retreats, Mm -hmm. in-person stuff. And so I kept getting these visions of me doing my work online and it did not make sense to me logically. So then everything fell apart. I surrender. The Radiant Rebellion comes through and then COVID hits. Mm. And I'm like, oh, the Radiant Rebellion is meant to be, all of these offerings are actually meant to be online. Um, so in March, I took everything, uh, I took everything online, transitioned my whole business online and started bringing this, um, this work to women all around the world through virtual um, experiences. I'm like laughing at how paralleled our experiences have been over the years. <laughs> you know, I don't know. There's something connecting us here, but how powerful that through surrender and through just kind of allowing the pain and discomfort to be present, you in a way channeled this this next step. And then COVID kind of showed up and was like, no, you actually have to transition even more. There's something mm-hmm. different coming this way. And I agree. I think that was the greatest thing of 2020 for me was, I was going to say permission, but it wasn't permission. It was like a shove (laughs) to get online fully. Yes. 
Definitely Um, quite a shove. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't gentle. (laughs) Mm. So when people work with you or when you're talking to people about these fears and these, these doubts, I guess, are there a couple common threads or things that you hear people say that kind of is a wounding or a fear that we all innately have? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One it oh my gosh, there's, there's so many. And I think actually what's better than me telling you what they all are is me telling you where they come from. Mm-hmm. Um, basically what we discover when we go in and uh, uncover people's self-doubts and their fears is that they come from these very innocent moments in childhood where we took on something that an adult told us. And it could have been something really overt, like as extreme as physical or verbal abuse, or it can be something as subtle as a sharp look from a caretaker. And in those moments, we take on this idea that what we did was bad and wrong and to never do that again because it was so painful to receive that look or to receive that harsh comment or to receive whatever that was from that adult or that caretaker. And so we brilliantly as children decide, okay, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to speak up. I'm never going to uh, dance for people again, because someone criticized me, or I'm never going to make art again because I poured my heart onto this piece of paper and somebody didn't like it, right? So we start hiding parts of ourselves because it's not okay to our caretakers or to society in some way. Um, And then when I work with people and we uncover those memories, we get to see how innocent it was and how it's not serving us anymore to hide our creativity or to hide our voice or to hide our beautiful dance or to hide our silliness or to hide our loudness or our excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we discover is that really it just comes from some innocent moment in childhood where we took on an idea from an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you're saying that, I'm thinking back to certain things that I remember as a child and things that ended up making me what everyone called me was shy and reserved and like moody and quiet. And I can think back, though, to the moments that made me feel like that was safer Mm -hmm. because being loud was bad or being excited was like too much or whatever. So fascinating. Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So when someone then kind of unravels these stories, they find the roots of where this, this desire to hide or desire to not be seen or where they learned it's just easier to put your head down and do what someone else thinks is good because then you're worthy of love or, you know, I'm sure there's like such juicy beliefs mm-hmm. we're all operating out of. Where does one begin then in rewriting them? Hmm. Such a good question. Where do we begin in rewriting them? Um, I really think it, it comes down to finding a great practitioner or facilitator who can help you uncover those because 
what happens is yes, on a cognitive level, we can say, oh yes, I see that when my teacher, uh, you know, graded me poorly on a piece of art, I took that idea as I'm not creative and cognitively we can understand that, but it's important to be able to dive into the root of it. And the reason that we can't totally dive into the root of it on our own is because that part of us that created that protective mechanism, like I'm never going to do that again so I don't feel that level of shame, is so highly intelligent and um, operating at such a sophisticated level that it can be very challenging to unlock that totally by yourself, even if you have an aha moment. Uh, So the work that I do is we go into the somatics, which is the the felt sense, the, the embodied sense of that memory, and we unlock it together from an embodied place. So we slow way down, we get into the, the feelings, the sensations of it. Um, and that helps to unlock it from the body, not just from the mind, not just from thinking about it or, or cognitively. That's one, just one layer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you said, we can be, we can say, like, oh, I know where that came from and I can trace that back. But then what do we do with that? Just that awareness may not be enough to actually resolve it. Yeah, it's the awareness is powerful. What I like to say is awareness gives us choice. Mm. So when we can see that and we can go, oh, wow, okay, I picked up that belief in that classroom with that teacher. Now I have a choice about what I'm going to do about this, this belief. And we can start to, to watch those thoughts. We, and um, also we can make the choice to receive support. Uh, we can make the choice to to move past that fear and start creating artwork in spite of the fear that came up when we were, you know, seven years old in that classroom. Um, so we can start making new choices. Uh, awareness gives us choice. That's fabulous. Awareness gives us choice. I just wrote that down. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Yes. Okay. So from that space, if someone's listening to this right now and can feel that there are a lot of beliefs and fears and self-doubt kind of patterns in their life, and they're wondering, like, what do I do? How do I integrate some of what she's been talking about today? Are there a couple tips you could give or even permission you could grant to where to begin? Mm-hmm. Um, journaling is a really good place to start to start getting things out of your, out of your mind and out of your body and onto paper. So one thing that you could do that's really powerful is you could write as we're talking and and you're starting to realize these, these beliefs, you can start to journal about those beliefs that you created when you were little, those memories. I picked up this idea that I wasn't creative from this teacher that said X, Y, Z to me when I was seven. Okay. And then also write the new program. So that's the old program. You can start to write the new program. So I would recommend writing the old program on like one side of a sheet of paper, on a half a a sheet of paper. Here are the old programs. These are the ones that I know of right now. And then on the other side, writing the new program. So the new program is, I'm actually really creative. I was creative when I was seven. And 
I'm going to start creating. I'm going to start um, drawing or painting or writing, whatever that is, and start creating a new program and a new um, a new way of being and acting from that new program. So I now believe that it's possible for me to be a creative person. And these are the actions I'm going to take to tap into my creativity again. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So writing out the story and the experience and maybe even warning those feelings that come up with it. Like I remember yes. how deeply that hurt in that moment or how judged or whatever I felt. And then rewriting that experience, reclaiming what innately we know isn't true, but what we've been carrying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Is there anything else you would say after we've reset the new belief, how then do we show up in that? Before I go there, one other piece that comes through that feels really important to say, mm-hmm. uh, and it was based on what you just added to what I was sharing, is having so much compassion for the little child inside of you who picked up all these beliefs, mm-hmm. like having so much love and compassion for her being so innocent and taking on these beliefs and having so much appreciation for her for protecting you from from that shame again. She was actually really working to to protect you. Um, so turning toward that little one and, and being really grateful and compassionate um, is important. And then moving forward with compassion as you bring this this little seven-year-old who was once hurt or whatever that age was, bringing that little one with you into the new, the new habits. So what I like to suggest for my clients is we create new beliefs uh, and also new actionable steps from those beliefs. So it's not just, okay, I now believe that I'm a creative human being, <laughs> but taking actionable steps to activate that new program inside of us. So I'm using this example about the little one who, you know, got shamed for her art in, in childhood. Now taking on the belief, okay, I actually do believe that I, that I am creative, or at least I'm possible of creativity. Maybe you're not all the way there yet as you're listening to this, but at least I am, it is possible for me to be creative. From that belief, how can I sort of water the seeds of that belief or nourish nourish that belief so that it can blossom into a whole new way of being? So what are the actionable steps, the aligned actions that now match this new, this new belief program? So in this example, um, the actionable steps that I can commit to taking are uh, buying paints and painting once a week or um, writing poetry once a week or writing poetry once a day, like making an, a commitment that is actionable and has a, um, like a, a time on it. This week I will create one piece of art or I will uh, write every single day. This I'll write two sentences every single day this week, something like that so that it starts to become grounded and actionable. One of the things that I have found missing in sort of the 
manifestation magic that we're all uh, immersed in these days is we get really stuck on the beliefs and the vis- vision, um, you know, having your vision board, having your, your belief statements, your I am statements. But if you are not devoting yourself to daily aligned action, those visions will die as visions. Wow. I think I needed to hear that because it mm. is easy to get caught up in the, yeah, the manifestation hype kind of portion of it. Um, I really like those action steps you just granted as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. This has been such a juicy conversation and I actually just never want it to end. But <laughs> mm. Is there anything else that you feel needs to be said for someone that is currently struggling with self-doubt, struggling with taking that leap, is a little uncertain about the whole like leap in the net will appear. They're like, Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. What would you say to this person? So much. First of all, right where you are is absolutely perfect. And this feeling that you have of like, I want to take the leap, but I don't know how is so perfect. Um, and from there, Start following the breadcrumbs of your excitement, however subtle they might be, giving yourself permission to follow the tiniest breadcrumbs. So what I mean by that is so often we get stuck in these um, like grooves of being. We get stuck in these grooves of being and we know there's another way, but this groove is like so deeply, we've been walking this path back and forth, this straight line from my house to my office every single day for the last 10 years. So this groove is so deep. So of course it's going to feel uncomfortable or scary to create a whole new groove, but you create a new groove um, by following the breadcrumbs of your excitement, by following the littlest Uh, curiosities and excitement. So whether that's um, taking a class that feels exciting or um, taking a a new path to work or taking a new walk or traveling or um, even something as small as changing your morning routine from the place of excitement, like, oh, wow, I just, you know, woke up today and I actually, instead of sitting on my meditation cushion, I want to go for a walk this morning. Following those moment to moment excitements or curiosities and letting yourself actually receive the joy in it. Um, I know that for me, when I was first starting out, I coming from being an employee uh, and journeying into entrepreneurship, I was a very hard worker and didn't give myself always permission to, to follow those, those breadcrumbs of excitement. And every single time that I do pure magic unfolds, I meet the right person. Um, I'll just tell you a really quick story to, to illustrate it. So one morning when I was working really hard on my business, doing my, my solopreneur thing, Uh, one morning I wake up and I have this desire to go get a tea at this tea house. But logically, I'm like, no, Leandra, you have tea here. Why don't you just stay here? Because you have, you know, clients today and all these things that you want to get done. 
And I said, no, I'm going to follow this, this inspiration to go get tea at this tea house. So I go to the tea house and the story does not go like you think it's going to go. I go to the tea house and I go to reach for the door. And it's like, I get repelled off of this door, like, like a magnet with the two poles that, that face each other. You know, there's like that repellent Mm -hmm. energy. That's what it felt like. I go to reach for this door and I'm like, whoa, what was that? I go to reach for it a second time and it happens again. And I'm like, holy moly, I am not supposed to go in this tea house. What the heck? And I'm like, my intuition led me here. I'm what, what am I supposed to do? So I turn around and I'm like looking around, like, where am I supposed to be? And I get drawn into this little boutique that's next to this tea house. And I'm like, okay, now I'm shopping when I should be having my tea and getting my work done. And I'm like, what is going on? I buy a shirt. I still remember it. The girl, the woman had to go into the back room and like search for it because they didn't have my size. And there's this whole thing happening. And I'm like, what is happening? Because I should be working right now. Anyway, this woman and I, as she's searching for my shirt and checking me out, we start having a conversation about life and and about what I do. And she starts crying, Cassandra. She's like, oh my God, I think I prayed for you. She was like, everything you are saying is exactly what I need. How do I hire you? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah, she ended up becoming a client and uh, she came to a retreat that I was having at the time as well. And that's what I mean when I say following the breadcrumbs of your excitement, moment to moment. So I followed my excitement to go to the tea house and then I followed the inspiration instead of pushing past it and saying, no, I got to get this tea. I was like, whoa, something else is happening here. Oh, I'm drawn into here and I'm shopping and I'm following this excitement, even though it sounds totally frivolous to my logical mind was going nuts. My logical mind was like, you're not supposed to be here. You are supposed to be in front of your computer working right now. What the hell? Mm -hmm. Um, And then this whole beautiful thing unfolds. And I have so many stories like that because uh, I have learned to follow the breadcrumbs of my excitement. And so that's what I invite people to do, even if it's something as simple as going out for tea instead of having tea at your house or um, going trying a new restaurant or taking a walk to the, the beach or whatever it is, follow that excitement, follow that nudge and be open to the magic that can happen when, when you follow that. I am taking that permission and <laughs> really <laughs> receiving that. And taking that reminder to get out of the logical, like you said, you should be working or, you know, you have coffee at home. Why are you going out? This doesn't make any sense. And -hmm. instead following the breadcrumbs, as you said so well. Mm -hmm. Mm. Thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. You are just, yeah, you are the example to me of someone that is I mean, obviously radiant (laughs) and also um, so embodied and purposeful and really, really practices what you preach. So where can everyone connect with you online and keep learning from you? Mm, The best place is on Instagram at The Radiant Rebellion. I love sharing and connecting with people on there. I think people get the best um, personal connection with me through there. I spend a lot of time there. Um, The Radiant Rebellion 
uh, on Instagram. And then on my website, you can connect with me and find out about events that I'm leading and things like that at leandrarose.com. Those are the two best places. You can also find me on Facebook if that's your jam at Leandra Rose uh, on Facebook as well. Oh, another thing I have is a growing community of women in a Facebook group called the Radiant Rebellion. So if you want to hang out with other women who are on the same path, um, please join us in there, the Radiant Rebellion uh, Facebook group. Amazing. And I'll have all that linked in the show notes for everybody so it's easy to find. And again, thank you so much. So grateful for that funny little synchronicity at Cafe Gratitude years ago. Yes. And that that was another one. I'm sure you might not have said it this way, but I'm sure you were also following. You were. You were also following mm-hmm. your excitement. Um, and I followed my excitement that day to sit at the bar instead of sitting at a table, which was typically what I would do. Mm. I remember choosing to sit at the bar that, that day instead of at a table and, and that magic unfolded. So follow, follow that excitement. I'm sure if you hadn't been following yours and I hadn't been following mine, we would have missed an incredible opportunity to connect and have this, this friendship that we now have. Exactly. To the point where people assume we're best friends. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's so sweet. Well, beautiful. So if you enjoyed this conversation, please tag Leandra at The Radiant Rebellion and tag me at Menstruation Queen. Let us know what breadcrumbs you'll be following and the inspiration you're taking from this episode. And otherwise, my friends, I will catch you here next week. Thank you.